finally cold, Ben. I think it's about time for me to uh, regress from my training. Yeah. Go into hibernation. That's right. See you guys in May. Winter is your bulk phase. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pure, pure nuts and berries, <laughs> Slim Jims, dried meats. Total paleo. Stuff dried like meats. that. Yeah. <laughs> dried meats. It's a great time to uh, really up your game. Uh, that's what I've always done. Uh, just some tips for you guys. The grind is real. Uh, just stay focused. Uh, it's always going to be hard. You'll make it through. <laughs> it's amazing the things that you can fake on a microphone. Indeed. It's interesting, though, seeing you in a, in a sweatshirt. You, you you just automatically look more swole. And it, if, there, if the weather says 59 or below, I'm absolutely going to be in a sweatshirt. Here's the backstory for me. This you said morning, I look swole. Yeah, you look swole. Thanks. It's the padded. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. It's all that it's the insulation. Padded. He's yeah. got the '80s pads on the shoulder. The shoulder <laughs> got like the air pump <laughs> inside. Look, I guarantee those are going to come back at some point. The shoulder pads, they're on their way. Everything sure. always comes full circle. Yeah, my my oldest son's senior year. I'm ready for the know. '70s to come back. Here's the reason why I don't have a sweatshirt on this morning. My dog got out, or so we thought. He didn't actually get out. He just jumped in my wife's car to go to carpool. And I didn't know it, mm. so he was just hanging out in the car. Yeah, ergo, I'm 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 a sweatshirt guy as well, and I'm sitting here in a t-shirt. So, but I look swollen in a t-shirt, so we're even. Jeez, all there right. we go. All right, we have a topic today. Thanks, Stephen, for the. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tim. The uh, the Cody Fitness Podcast. Uh, today we're talking about what else will we talk about that time of year? The CrossFit Games recap. Recap the games. Cool. No, no real shock, no surprise, no shockers. I don't, I, but we, there's enough for us to really bat around. We can bat it around a little bit. Like, Let's do it. Yeah, like ping pong. Let's yeah. do it. Well, Hunter is the uh, forever statistician. This is the guy that was keeping stats on video games and spiral-bound notebooks. I'm sure there's some things that you can dissect for us related to the games. We usually talk about two sides of it. We've got the athletes and their performance. We've also got the programming and how CrossFit overall handled the competition this year. I think it could be a little bit of a spicy conversation. Could be, yeah. So basically, uh, we're just going to put one side of the ping pong table up, and I'm going to hit it off of it exactly. to myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some, some, just practicing like Forrest Full Gump Full on Forrest. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you at least enjoy the games this year with all the twists that had to, uh, had to arise? Yeah, so um, honestly, by Sunday, I was just kind of checked out. Good. You're like, Very I know good. where this is headed. Yeah. Uh, so... It, you know, they had five men, five women. It was mm -hmm. cool. It was different. They went to the ranch in Aromas, which on the last episode, I was re-listening to it, and I said a couple of things completely wrong, so I, I screwed that up. Correction. We need a, we need a stat checker. Okay. I kept first, saying Carson. First rule of podcast. You don't <laughs> ever like, admit that. Caleb, <laughs> Caleb needs a little more work. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Caleb, I need you here. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so they had the, the five people, five men, five women. And I going into it, I just kind of foresaw that it was going to be, um, going to going to get kind of old watching the same five people over and over again. Um, I would have liked to see ten people there. I think that would have looked good. I, I I'm sure that would have posed a little bit more of a issue getting all those people there. But um, they had the five people, um, the five guys and the five females competing, and they ended up doing I can't even remember how many events it was like insane amount of events i'll look it up in a second but um so friday it was cool i mean it it started off to be pretty cool it was like they didn't have music playing um it was just like out on the ranch not not a whole lot of spectators or anything you know there's a few people filming and it was just kind of it was really really raw like they would say three two one go and then you would hear the athletes breathe breathing and the judges counting the reps and that was pretty much all you heard and it was just kind of like why didn't they have music I don't know. I guess there's just kind of like uh, what they make this as awkward as possible. Yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> that's that's the dream. Like, not just another another one of Dave Castro's like ways to screw with people. But I uh, think that's exactly what it was. It was probably extremely intentional to to mess with their mind. And then of course Matt Fraser's like, I don't like training with music, anyways. <laughs> sure, <laughs> course, sure you don't. Of course you don't. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. no, I believe him. I, he probably doesn't. Um. So let me hold on. I'm about to count how many events there were. Uh, let's see. They had uh, one, two, three, four, five. You're listening to live Twelve. Counting. They had twelve events over three days. <laughs> You're listening to live counting. 
We've really reached a whole nother <laughs> yeah. height on this podcast. I'll Guess tell what? you one thing. 13. Nobody was surprised by the results of who won. Okay. Yeah, so no. every, everybody's predicting this. And this is an interesting part of the sport now is that you, the world is so in tune with how these guys are training. You have access to where their physical condition uh, digitally. I mean, it isn't like an athlete emerges after a year of training, like, how are they going to do? Where are they right now? Oh, mm. they look good. It's it's not that way anymore. That would have been more fun. Yeah, it's not that way. You kind of have access. But here's what confuses me um, and has for a while. If you look at the leaderboard for the, for the women, you've got a, a pretty good global representation. Mm-hmm. You go over to the men, and it is stacked at the top with Americans. Yeah. Which, I don't know, I wonder if that's a, a phenomenon we can actually explain. I think that was just this year. Uh, just the way the the cards fell this year. I mean, you ha- you've had Patrick Vellner on the podium in the past. You've had Brent Fikowski on the fo- podium in the past. You've had uh, Carl Goodmanson on the podium in the past. Uh, you had uh, the guy from Australia on the podium last year, James Newberry. So I think that was just kind of the way the cookie cookie crumbled this time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, we could talk about Matt Frazier and Tia just absolutely dominating. I think that was why I just kind of checked out by Sunday because it was just, oh, they win another event. Oh, they win another event. And what happened with there only being five people there was typically when there's a bigger field, each person in the field has a few things that they're just really, really good at. And so there's always one or two people that can challenge Frazier or Tia in a given workout and kind of give them a run for their money. But when there's only five people there – you kind of cut down to the most well-rounded people. And typically the most well-rounded people are not going to like excel at anything. They're just going to be really, really good at everything. And so there wasn't really anybody that could give them a run for their money. Like I'm looking at Matt Frazier's. There was, like I said, there was 12 events over three days. Here were his finishes. First, first, second, first, 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 second, first, first. So it's just like just absolutely domination. Um, and so it wasn't even close. Uh, let's, let's look at the, um, Tia's finishes. Same thing on the women's side. Um, first, 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 fifth on the handstand walk, third, first, 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 third. So it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't even a contest really. They were just absolutely dominating. Like it was really funny. Like Tia would finish a workout and they had these water, cooler over there and she would go grab a water and sit down and start drinking water <laughs> it's like usually at games events you're just supposed to be wrecked Smashed, afterwards. yeah and she's finishing the workout going and grab a bottle of water and sitting down like she's just finished a nice little jog in the park so tia to me her it's she's married to her coach yeah right so so they're one of those uh and that's just like uh, leblanc bassinet they're like they're married yeah and so the, the, their whole life is the yeah. crossfit well, this crossfit deal he's her coach but really i mean her and Matt train together, so they pretty much coach themselves. Um, and I think this is just shows you more than ever how a training environment and training partner is the most important thing because they have just distanced themselves so far from the field, it's not even funny. Like, they train together every single day. They, do the, they push each other every single day, and they've gotten so good that nobody's even, clo- nobody's even in the same realm as them. Like, they're... It's just mind-boggling how fit these other people are, and they're making them look like they're doing scaled workouts. They're just so much better than them. That's crazy. And because they train together every single day, they push each other every single day, they're bringing out the best in each other. They're leaving everybody in the dust. So is this this David Stoddard's last year? I don't think so. I mean, she's still pretty young, uh, and she got second place. She did awesome. She still has some big old holes that she has not filled. I mean, she still got these – you know, these strength holes, but she's only 27. I mean, no she, way. Yeah, she's young. I mean, she was 20, early 20s when she first made it to the game. So, um, you know, I think, I think she's still got some other years in there. She did, I mean, I was impressed by her, honestly. Like, I was impressed by all Ben Bertrand's athletes. I mean, Samuel Quant got second, and he's a guy that's never really been a factor at the games. I mean, he's made the games once or twice, but he's never been a, you know, a top. A, a threat to the podium and he got second place. Katrin got second and Brooke Wells got fifth. I mean, out of 10 people, he had three of the athletes and two, two of them were on the podium. That's incredible. I keep waiting for Brooke Wells to have like this breakout. Year. Yeah. She, she just, I don't know. I just don't think these type of workouts that they had are conducive to her. She's better at the more classic CrossFit type workouts. 
and like the long endurance stuff, which this competition had a lot of that, um, just weren't, you know, they're not suited for it. It's, it's, I, they're, I think they just take a lot out of her. I remember uh, one year, this has been years back uh, in the open, they actually, and it makes me wonder, like, I, I think there are more brains behind the CrossFit thing that people give her credit for. This was, I won't say early on in her career, but she was kind of a new name, and she got placed on a, I think it was the rowing wall ball workout. And it makes sense now that CrossFit was kind of making a statement to her at that point, like, hey, if you want to excel, you're going to have to get better at this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and she, it was a good showing. Like, she's one of the most elite athletes in the world. I'm yeah. not trying to knock her, but... Uh, it, when you have a gap inside of your game, I think at the corporate level, CrossFit's going to expose that yeah. pretty fast. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, fifth place in the games is, is incredible, to say the least. I mean, I, this might have been her best finish. I'm not sure uh, ever. But, um, yeah, she's always been like the the next the next big thing, the one that, that can threaten to win the games, and she just hasn't been able to um, close that gap. Um, to get up there in Tia's realm, and her technique still needs a lot of work. So um, Noah Olson is kind of the same way. Like, this guy's always at the top. He'll show up and win something here or there. But as far as taking Frazier on, or which we've already established that those guys are, yeah. you know, it's it's interesting to me just thinking about it from a guy that just participates in, in a local box every week. You know, you kind of look at this and you think, okay, what's the the differentiating factor? Is it the fact that these guys are, are training together. Is it the fact, does the coach, <clears throat> excuse me, does the coach make that big of a difference? You said Bergeron, he's pushing these athletes up higher and higher and higher. Um, everybody knows he's a he's a form guy. He's intellectually sound. You know, he's going to pick apart movements for his athletes, which leads to a lot of efficiency, which helps a bunch. But uh, I don't know. It, it is interesting when you get to this level to kind of try to figure out what makes certain people excel and certain people just never get to the top? It's between the ears, man. He, Noah doesn't have it up up between the ears. He just doesn't have what it takes. He doesn't have that killer instinct. He doesn't. I mean, you can watch him. Um, he just blows up in workouts. He comes out way too – like the first workout, he came out way too hot and just crashed and burned. And it's like he keeps making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Matt Frazier has it, man. He does. Like You can just watch and listen to him. And if you watch – sports and athletes and peak performers long enough you you see when somebody has it and somebody doesn't matt frazier has it i'll tell you who else has it is justin Medeiros. that guy i watched it go watch his uh documentary uh they made on him for the first stage of the games it's like 30 minutes long he's he's gonna win the games at some point he is he's very impressive for somebody his age he's 21 years old and when it comes game time he turns it on and he 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 has it man he's gonna he's gonna He'll win eventually. I'm telling you, Justin Medeiros, remember. So the numbers just play out that because of his age, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, because of his age, he's just going to outlast Frazier. Yeah, Frazier's 30. So, I mean, he's definitely at the peak right now. And he's. I wouldn't bet against him for the foreseeable future, but three, four, five years down the road, he's got to slow down eventually. And when he does, uh, I think Medeiros is going to be the guy that, that – that passes him and i mean at the beginning he was giving him a run for his money on some of these workouts so now, he wasn't able to stick with him and he's got some big holes like he shoulder pressed 175 which was mind-boggling to me that a games athlete could only shoulder press 175 but he's only 21 he hadn't been able to build up that um you know that absolute strength and the power lifts like uh that just takes time yeah and, you know, Frazier was a step ahead when he stepped into CrossFit and that Oh, sport. yeah, for sure. I Tell mean, me about Vellner. Like, it, it's surprising to see him down at the bottom of the top ten. Yeah, it, he. I mean, that was a disappointment. He didn't even make it into the uh, into the top five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you know, he, him and Fikowski both, um, they train by themselves. They are big believers in smart programming and thinking they can out-program everybody. And I think you just see it over and over. People that think that way – that train by themselves, they just get passed by because what it takes to make it to the top in this sport is pushing yourself to the limit day after day after day. And the only way you can do that is to be around people who are going to bring that out of you. That's why, um, I mean, it's even small things. Like if you work out with somebody who's better than you, number one, they're going to push you in the workout. You're going to push yourself harder than you normally do. 
Number two, you're going to pick up on small things, like maybe a little, a few technique things here or there, or maybe a few things on this particular movement that they do a little bit different that you might be able to do. Maybe it's the way they broke up a reps in a, in a workout. Maybe it's the way they set up their equipment for the workout. You know, there's a million small things that you can pick up on um, from somebody. Maybe it's a recovery thing that they do or a different stretching exercise they do. There's a lot of things you can pick up on from being around people like that. And when you're around them day after day after day, those small things, small percentage uh, increases that you can add, add up to a huge difference over time. And when you're training by yourself all the time, you're not able to push yourself. And I've, I, this is a phenomenon I've noticed from a lot of people. People that train by themselves, they can typically a lot of times maybe make one or two good really runs at it where they do really well, but they cannot keep that intensity in their training for that long. They can't keep it for three, four, five, six years. It's just too hard. You can't keep taking yourself to that level. And that's something that I noticed in my training. Like you can, you could push yourself and, and make a big, huge gain for a little while when you're doing it by yourself, but eventually you're just going to hit that wall where you, you can't really make a whole lot of progress because you're not able to continually push yourself over and over and over again. Um, for the intensity piece of, of your training. And that's what it takes. And I think you're going to see those those type of people that that think that they're just going to out-program everybody and that they're smarter than everybody. I mean, you can listen to those guys. They think they're smarter than everybody else, just the way they talk. <laughs> they do. I yeah. mean, it's it's pretty obvious. And you're just going to see them go farther and farther down the, uh, down the leaderboard because that's not what it takes to get to the top. The, uh, it, it's the intensity of your training day in and day out. And that's why Frazier and Tia keep further distancing themselves farther and farther from the pack. I mean, yeah, they're genetic specimens. They have great um, genetics, but that there's a lot of other people that have great genetics too. There's a lot of other people that have great backgrounds too. Um, that there's no reason that those people shouldn't be able to, you know, at least come close to them. So, Yeah, the strategy I think is so important. And you, you look at even a guy like uh, Froning, who, you know, I, I don't think people give Froning enough credit for his brains. And that, I mean, he saw the end of his career coming. He makes one final push as an individual. And then he just, like, he's like, I'm building a place and we're bringing all these people here. And, um, yeah, I think what I'm always doing, watching the games and watching these athletes, it's not like you're ever, the majority of the people who participate in CrossFit are ever going to reach that level. Mm -hmm. But there are things that you can learn from them. Oh, it's, yeah. it's unique. Like when I, when I was growing up, you're watching a guy in the NFL, you're like, I'm never going to be like that guy. You know, I just appreciate watching him. But when you watch a guy, when you watch men and women do CrossFit, you can learn a lot of things from them that help you mm -hmm. every day. Absolutely. You know? And yeah. the, the training with people piece, that's one of them. Uh, the way that they talk about their nutrition, that's another. I mean, mm -hmm. everything, what I'm trying to point out is that everything these elite level athletes are doing rolls down. Yep. And you can pick something up from that. And I guarantee you there are people listening to this podcast right now who have gone through a season in their CrossFit careers where they're like, you know what, I'm just going to do this by myself in the side room or mm -hmm. at home. I'm going to get a couple of bumper plates and – I don't know. Do you think that's like a response to maybe burnout or just something going on in their life? But it's it's never a good strategy. It's not. The in-body um, scan is eventually going to just wreck you. I think uh, I think that for a while there, it was just pushed to be good in the sport of CrossFit. You have to have a coach. You have to have personal programming, personal program, personal program, personal program. You're special. Your 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 needs are unique, and you need to have somebody who's going to write the your personal program for you, as if you could figure out the actual perfect program for somebody, which is ludicrous to think. Mm. Um, nobody could come up with that. Um, and so people thought, well, th to take my game to the next level, i got to have a coach who's going to write my personal program for me. Well, I think you, what you started seeing with all these people, they started training by themselves, and maybe they got good at certain things, but overall they got worse because you're getting passed by people who are training with other people who are bringing intensity day in and day out. So Haley Adams is a great example. She trains with Rich every single day. I mean, Rich puts a lot of his workouts on YouTube. You can go watch. But it's always a big group of people who are training together. When he's got his team, they're all training together every single day. They're all doing the same thing. It's not about what they're doing. It's about how they're doing it. We talk about that all the time. They're pushing themselves. They're training together day in and day out, creating that atmosphere of we're going to get better and we're going to do it together. Um, and so Haley Adams trains with them, and she's a teen, 
I mean, yeah, she won the team games three times or whatever, but there's a lot of other people with that, that talent and ability. There's a lot of other people with that background, and they're not finishing top five of the games two years in a row. You know, she was up there until the end. She still has some holes, too. She's still young. Um, Katrin Davis' daughter, the, she trains in the class at CrossFit New England every single day. She trains no in the class. Every, yeah. She's, she, now, she does a lot of extra stuff as well, but she trains in the class every day. Um, and she's been at the top consistently year in, year out. And so uh, when you see these groups of elite athletes getting together and training together every single day, you know, Brooke Wells, I think she moved to Nashville and she's training um, with a bunch of other games level people, either former games athletes or people who are on that level and they're training together every single day. That's really pushing her as well. So, I mean, I just think that if you want, I mean, I know if you want to make it to that level, the most important thing for you to do is find somebody at your level, a little bit above your level, um, who you can work out with as much as you possibly can, because that's what's going to push you and bring you bring you to the next level. So let's talk about it at um, which I totally agree with you, uh, which is rare, but I do. Um, <laughs> let's bring it down to just the the average guy, yeah. the average woman, the nine to five, getting their fitness uh, into their daily rhythm. Yeah. Um, I found this to be the case. I just want to ask you, you drop into a box somewhere, which you've done that all over the world, actually, at this mm -hmm. point, which is pretty cool. But it's, it's like when you walk in the front door and you look at, you just take a scan of the athletes that are in there, you can kind of determine what kind of box it is. Yeah. So this whole group um, dynamic of fitness is a really big deal. Mm -hmm. And I think as people are trying to, even if someone's listening to this, investigating like, well, do I want to, do I want to be involved in CrossFit or, you know, should I go do this? Should I go do that? I think a good thing to do is to go vi actually visit the box and, yeah. and look at people like what kind of people are working out here because you're actually looking at the results of the business. Uh, I was actually having a com conversation with a couple of people about this the other day and they were talking about different types of training and they were like, you know, you just go and look at what they're doing and look at the people and you're like, I don't want to look like those people. I want to look like, you know, you go and go to any gym. If you're thinking about doing it, just look at the people in there and that's going to give you an idea of, of what type of athlete it's going to create. And uh, somebody was talking about Coyote the other day, and he was like, man, everybody in here is just so fit. I mean, everybody is. If you look mm -hmm. around, like, no matter what age they're at, like, if they're teenagers, they're super fit teenagers. If they're in their 20s, they're incredibly fit. 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. 60s, yeah. I mean, 70s. Doug, 90s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, father time over here. <laughs> but I mean, at every every age bracket, like the kids, like like we've got kids that do uh, that have done that. I used to do the CrossFit Kids class, and their parents would come and tell me that they were like they won the pull up contest at school, or they won the plank contest, or whatever, you know. Yeah, and, it, and it all the way up to you know, people are setting winning in their division in five Ks, or you know, whatever, or but people are super fit at all level. And I, I don't think people inside Coyote Fitness understand how fit everybody is until they go and drop in at other gyms. They're like, man, I did so good on the workout. This was a workout and I beat everybody and I couldn't believe it. I'm usually at the bottom of the leaderboard and I beat everybody. I'm like, you just don't realize the level of fitness that is in our community um, across our gyms until you kind of get outside and go go other places and, and see. But yeah, I mean, there's a, it's, there's a whole lot of really, really fit people. Yeah. Um, and if you want to be, um, get to a certain point, find out people who are at where you want to be and go hang around them. I mean, it, it applies to anything. It applies to business. If you want to make a lot of money, go hang around people who have a lot of money a lot. And, yep. and that's going to rub off on you. If you want to hang out with good, if you want to be a good person, go find a bunch of people who are good people and hang out with them a lot. Same thing with fitness. Go find the fittest people you you can find and, and spend a lot of time with them and, and it's going to rub off on you. You're, you, you will, you're, what are you, the sub of your, the five people you spend the most time with? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty common knowledge. And so same thing applies with fitness. If you're hanging around with super fit people all the time, guess what? You're going to get pretty dang fit. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard not to, of course, yeah. there, you know, there are anomalies out there, but yeah, I think you're right. And really what we're discussing right now is influence. We started with the games and you can see, the power of influence in the mm -hmm. game. Robert Greene talks about this a lot in his book, Mastery. You know, you, you spend time around the people who are already good at something. You put yourself in a posture of humility. That may be the most impressive part 
of these people that are elite level, and you referenced it earlier, you see the people who don't have that stripe of humility, it's their limiting factor that they haven't submitted to a process. But the truth is all of us struggle with that. And there's something that goes on inside of CrossFit after you've done it for a while where you hit that point where you think, you know what, I understand a little bit about this. I think I'm going to give it a run. I'm going to yeah. do some research. And that yeah. always back. backfires. Well, and, and this year I think it was really highlighted because, you know, quarantine, we were closed for two months, and people are like, well, I'm just going to get equipment, and I'm going to save a lot of money, so I'm, I'm going to do this at home. And, you know, slowly, you know, month by month, they start coming, start back, coming back. And they're like, <laughs> they're like just getting their – their butts handed to them when they come back. They're like, man, I just didn't realize how much intensity, how much more intensity I bring in the gym. Like it only takes one or two workouts. And they're like, man, I was not working out like this at home. Phoning it in. And, um, you know, more and more people will start to realize that because it seems like, man, I can just do this at home and, and I can, I can, you know, I've, I've been there long enough and I can kind of figure all this stuff out on my own, but it's just not the same. I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years. And before that I, I worked out, um, at the Globo gym for probably 10 or 12 years. There's no way I would ever, ever work out by myself again. You just, it, the results that you get from working out by yourself don't compare to working out in the group setting. Like even now, like if I'm running short on time and want to do a workout by myself, like I know I'm sacrificing my intensity to go work out by myself. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to get the workout in, but there's no way I would be able to get, um, what I could in the group setting. And so plus the camaraderie, the fun, it's fun. You get to mm -hmm. hang out with like-minded individuals. Um, it's a great community. You make a lot of friends. Um, I was having a, a, a conversation with somebody about this the other day who has a Halloween party every year. And they were saying, you know, um, they've just really gotten into our flow location in the last couple of years. And they were saying, you know, we're joking like this year, like 10, 15 people from the gym came. He's like, next year is probably gonna be, you know, 60%, you know, and then in a couple of years, it's going to be nothing but people from the gym. And that's yeah. just kind of how it is. Cause that's who you spend your time with. But yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for a really long time. I competed at a, at a high level and I would not, I would not advise anybody to train by themselves ever. You just, you're, you're sacrificing results, um, for the convenience of being able to go out, um, in your garage. And maybe there's a, a season of life where you need to be able to do that. But um, if you really are serious about making progress, you've got to get in a, in a group. Let's celebrate for a second, too, that these elite-level athletes experienced the same thing across the world that we did in 2020. Yep. And uh, I am really, really impressed that we can sit here and dissect all these names that we expected to be in particular spots, and that's exactly where they are. You know, that's encouraging to me, like, because who knows the, what the future of our world is going to be I don't know that we've seen the last pandemic mass stay at home for a minute sort of thing. Uh, that's something that maybe we need to start preparing for in the future. I mean, I hope not, but the odds are this is going to come around again at some point, and we see these folks that had a particular lifestyle before it happened. They were able to get stronger, get bigger, get faster. It. I'm sure that it interrupted their training, uh, just like it interrupted all of ours, but you know, this is also encouraging as well. We've got people inside the Cody fitness community that they took a little hit, you know, like we talked about this for mm -hmm. the first couple of weeks coming back. It was like, Whoa, this is really tough, but you can look at them now and you, you like, you get to see in those people that emerge from their garage inside of about six weeks, they're back to where they were before. It's just a little bit of a bump. I mean, I did an in-body scan that showed me that same thing. I yeah. was, I was super down about where I was physically, but you take that scan. You're like, Oh my gosh, man, my body has responded now that I'm back in this method of training to where it was before, mm -hmm. you know, there's a good chance that most of us are going to finish because we're newly committed because we had to, to get out of quarantine, uh, that we're going to finish 2020 better than we finished 2019. Yeah. Which is pretty encouraging. And that's, that's another good point that maybe Matt Tia just did a much better job than everybody else. Keep them with their fitness routine over quarantine, you know, um, and maybe some of the people just weren't able to, um, stick with it as well. And maybe they just navigated better than everybody else. That's why they're so farther, so much farther ahead than everybody else. Interesting concept could be something to that. Maybe next year the pack pulls up, gets a little bit closer to them. I don't know. Or maybe they just keep pulling farther and farther ahead. Who knows? Well, it goes to your point. You know, so much of your fitness journey, and, and we say this in a thousand different ways every other week, so much of your fitness journey happens between your ears. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you focus so much on 
barbell path or how your Metcons are going or if you have the latest uh, shoes on, you know, which are things that most of us focus on. Uh, if you're not <laughs> focused on what's going on between your ears, then you're really limiting yourself and and uh, how much better you can actually get. Yeah. You know? And the longevity of, of sticking with it, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. The game the games were odd, and to have it reduced, and especially for the mathematicians who – and even just the entertainment perspective, yeah. we, we haven't had time to discuss that, but the games have been really, really good entertainment yeah. for so long, and a lot of that was stripped away. But, look, we'll give them a pass. It was an yeah. off year. Yeah, well, it, it was a weird year, and I think everybody expected that, but here there were some good things. Number one, it was on CBS, which is great because CBS wanted to, to highlight the games, and then Glassman kind of pushed away from it. So the new CEO is really – he's passionate about growing the games. Um, they've already announced the next open dates in February – um, so back when back when it should have been the whole time before they changed it, um, and then he wants five hundred thousand people in the open, which would be a new record. We'll see what happens, but they're really committed to growing the game. So I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about what it's going to look like. I think it's going to be just continue to get better and better. This was kind of one of those we got to do what we can to make it happen. And I mean, some of the events were brutal, absolutely brutal, like. We didn't even talk about really the events, but I mean the trail run where they ran all the way there and they crossed the finish line. It's <laughs> sprinting across the finish line. And he's like, "Nope, turn around, and go back." Did you Ooh, see that? Uh, I heard about it. Oh, I yeah. heard about it. Yeah. And, and Matt Frazier flipped him off. <laughs> 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 but it was like a sprint to the finish. Him, um, Frazier, Medeiros, and then he's like, "All right, turn around and go back." And so it was just like, "Oh gosh!" And then the last event was like Murph, but with pistols and handstand push-ups. And uh, uh, so it was just, I mean, brutal, brutal stuff. Uh, but that just shows you the level of fitness of those people. They, they can go through that whole weekend. I mean, they basically had two, two games. They had the, the online games, and then they had the in-person games. So those people basically did two games in a month. Um, so kudos to them. Yeah, we should say, and we, we, we went into the granular stuff, but congratulations to Frazier. Congratulations to uh, Tia Toomey. I mean, yeah. Frazier, the fittest person in history, no doubt. Way to go. That's a big statement. I might, like, I don't know. I don't know. We, it's a new metric and a new way to study uh, fitness, human fitness, but it it would be hard to put somebody up against him. No way. I mean, the the level of training that people who are doing the games are, it is just far surpasses anything anybody's ever done, and it's not even close. Um, Throw them in any environment. Yeah. They're going to be able to hang. Mm -hmm. yeah, which, oh, yeah. We've had that discussion before. Like, the, the skilled stuff, you know, maybe Frazier wouldn't be the best wide receiver. But when yeah. you're measuring fitness. Across broad time and modal domains, across the most areas, he's the fittest. You, there's nobody in history who could – you could put him in that many different modalities and for them to do as well as he would do. He's I, not going to win the Boston Marathon, but he's going to do – Pretty good decent. at it. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to be a wide receiver, but I bet he could be decent at it, you know. But there, you take somebody, take a wide receiver and put him in a Boston Marathon, he's not going to do very good. I know? said this yesterday after that brutal workout. I was laying on the floor trying to get my vision back, and I said, man, I wish I would have decided to be a triathlete. <laughs> <laughs> like that feels like that would be easier yeah. than what I just did for the past 12 minutes. You, you know? remember when uh, the Outsider uh, magazine put a picture of Rich Froning on the cover uh, or in a picture and it said uh, and it was a picture of him like at the games like running out of the water from from the triathlon and it said this guy does uh, triathlon for his training you want to look like this guy do this and, and he commented on on Instagram he's like I am that guy no I don't recommend that you do this a triathlon for training yeah yeah, yeah for real yeah, well, all right the games are past us so the yeah. next thing that we have to look forward to is uh, CrossFit participants is that the Open is back in February, coming mm -hmm. out of the holiday season, which we're actually going to discuss next episode. We come out of the holiday season, and uh, the Open hits you in the face. Things are going to start feeling a little bit more like CrossFit now, it seems. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. I think it's getting back to uh, back to normal. Hopefully next year we'll be able to uh, get back and do the Open and celebrate in a big group environment and have fun together again. man let's hope so yeah meredith and i have been training a lot together speaking of that <laughs> speaking of pairing that. stuff yeah she just you know she came to me one day and said you know i understand you're always leading the pack and i'm just usually dead weight yeah so how is it that i can really 
catch up to where you're going, you know, people mm-hmm. like you. Um, really, really kind of her to say, clearly she's past me now. Thank goodness for her. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, you, you, you got to pass the torch at some point. Yeah, you, you know did I mean? your job. We'll yeah. see how it turns out. But when they do the documentary on Meredith, yeah, at some point you'll have a cameo. Oh, yeah. I, I, I would love to do the open introduction for exactly who Meredith Owen is, how I created her. Yeah. How Swindle. she Meredith got to Swindle. where she is. Yeah, that's right. Well, which, whichever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Swindle now, guys. No, no, no. She's Owen at heart. <laughs> <laughs> we call him Lee Owen all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. All right, next segment. That wrong podcast. Sorry. Where are we headed? You tell me. Outside the box. Woo. Pre-quarantine. Look, I did the whole voice and everything. I'm back, man. Man, I'm back, back at it, baby. Take that, COVID. Yeah. Yeah, so outside the box. You actually uh, had something cooked up, Chase, for the outside yeah, the I box. Thought of this, this, I thought of this this morning while I was brushing my teeth. Um, oh, you did that today? I did do that, yeah. yeah it is Friday. I know. It's, it's a rare occasion on an off day. I'm a little nervous about this question. I think it's going to cause a lot of controversy with the listening audience. Yeah, well, I think it's going to really show what your mindset is mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to longevity, uh, like a longevity entertainment equation. Yep. yep. So the, the question is, uh, if you had to pick one show and one show only to watch for the rest of your life, and that's the only show you're allowed to watch, what would it be? Would that show, because I'm watching it the rest of my life, continue to release episodes, or it's only the catalog? I don't know, man. It's either catalog or what they're doing right now. I feel like you can't force a show to just keep on making shows, because yeah. in some instances that would make the show worse. Yeah, yeah. So you got to. I think take it's it just a part of the equation. Yeah, you got to take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. So we're, and also I think we should say we should take the front runner out to make this a little bit more entertaining of a conversation. Gilligan's Island is off the table. <laughs> okay. So we got something other than... That does change up a lot of what I was about to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm good on my feet. I also fully understand that I'm outmatched on this, but I would probably predict Hunter's going to come out with Game of Thrones. uh, There's no way. No. No? Mm -mm. Wow. I'm very surprised. There's one intelligent way to do this, (laughs) and I'll see if you guys do it or not. All right. Who's going first? It can't be me because I'm thoroughly confused. Do you already have a Hunter or do I need to go? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I have... It's it's either or. Mine would either be the Officer Seinfeld. Um, Those were two top threes for me. Yeah, I I think you can just watch. You can pick up and watch any episode without having seen the other ones at any time. They're entertaining. They're funny. They're lighthearted. Uh, you can kind of, I don't know. You can just kind of watch it without getting sick of it. Um, I used to watch Seinfeld all the time as a kid, and then The Office came out, and I watched The Office all the time, the, the U.S. version. I think I'm going to go with – I'll say The Office. I I think it's uh, it's just it's just funny. It's uh, it's, it's got a lot of good stuff in there. I, I'm, I'm going to say The Office. It feels a little mm-hmm. more timeless than yeah. Seinfeld. You know, Seinfeld's like, man, you are, you're in the 90s yeah. when yeah, you're watching yeah. that show. You're really in the there's 90s. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think there's been as much of a cultural rekindling of a of a comedy show than The Office yeah. that I can think of. Yeah. Like, Seinfeld was huge, huge in the moment. Huge. But it, doesn't, it hasn't really held. Like, Friends. Friends is a good example mm-hmm. of uh, something with longevity, but I would never. I would never. Yeah, it, well, it's too annoying. It, it is very similar in that I've had to explain to a lot of people, look, you can't go back and watch Friends the way we, we watch things now. You have to think about what it was doing in culture and that you were like you were waiting on, just like ER, mm-hmm. you're waiting on it on a Thursday night, like what's going to happen next? And, and the world was a much smaller place then. So. Yeah, no one deserves that much Monica in a row. Yeah, exactly. It's and the, like the much. way that the way that the, the two main women on the show like the way they were cutting their hair the things that they were wearing the world was smaller and those things were just dominating culture and it's a much more crowded space now so does friends hold up i think if you if you are around to watch it that way it's got some nostalgia to it you know but if it just feels like it's in a weird kind of lowbrow space well i think anyone that even loves it right now it's probably passed down nostalgia because the the 90s and early 2000s are coming back really hard right now yeah yeah i was at a football game a high school football game this past friday and there were all kinds of friends shirts Mm -hmm. because of you know the anniversary and stuff and i'm like man that's that's totally bizarre but i'm with you i think 
if you put Seinfeld up, and we're not knocking any of these shows. They're obviously on this list for a reason. Uh, but I think the I do think The Office wins, and most people say that. So you're picking The Office? They could watch The Office while they're like cooking dinner. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know. Matt, speaking of Matt Frazier, I know he said uh, that on his off day, he'll put on The Office and just roll out on the floor for eight, literally eight hours. Man, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I will admit to you guys, I instantly started going to kind of like the, the drama. Uh, I think that's a mistake. And I <laughs> and listening to you guys talk, it, it it may be a mistake. But and I actually thought about newsroom because I would man, I was captivated by that show. Uh, but hearing you guys talk, like those shows have kind of one arc, you know. Yeah. And you're you're mm -hmm. looking for that. You have these little mini things and. The fact that it's funny, I think it would be helpful to go through the rest of your life getting a little bit of joy. Yeah. 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 If, if you're going to go drama, then you have to do something like Grey's Anatomy, where there's at least volume there and mm. multiple arcs. Yeah. But I think just comedies, it's the safer route because it's a more mindless, I yeah. think. New characters show up yeah. uh, in those longer dramas like Grey's Anatomy. You're like, oh, well, that, you know, I know right. how this, wait till this person shows up and, mm -hmm. and all that. But yeah. So we're saying we're all three agreeing that no. the office is, no. is number one. Mm -mm. Uh, I'm still on the fence. I need to hear you. I'm I'm going to pick between the two of you probably. Really? Yeah. I don't think you're going to side with mine. Okay. But I think mine, I'm combining mine. I I will admit that I enjoy the office way more than this show, but the sheer volume of the show and the, the base level of enjoyment is enough for me to pick it, and that's The Simpsons. Because oh, wow. as of right now, there's 687 episodes. Uh -huh. So I could literally watch for almost two years straight and not watch the same episode twice. Never repeat. So if, I was, if I'm going the rest of my life and I'm only 26 now, like I got probably at least a good 40 to 50 years left, right? Well, it depends on if you start doing CrossFit again, but that's another episode. <laughs> that's true. Well, with CrossFit, I'm sure it's like 30, <laughs> according to culture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just... I would get tired of it less, I think, because, like, I'm, like, even with The Office, like, I can watch it at any point, but I still go through dips with it where, like, I'm I'm back in, back out. Parks uh -huh. and Rec, I'm back in, back out. Um, with The Simpsons, one, I haven't watched enough of it to uh, to be burned out on it. And just the fact that I could cycle every two years, starting from episode one, that's really attractive. And they're still releasing new episodes at the moment. Mm. Boy, that is a solid pick. Thank you. I was thinking in the back of my head, Quantum Leap. You guys probably don't even know that show, but mm -hmm. boy, that show was really good, and uh, it went on for quite a while. And but you get frustrated that he does, he's not making his leap home. All of you that are forty and above probably know the show. Uh, but I think I think with The Simpsons, you also have the uh, joy, the experience of seeing it early on and how it changes over time. I mean, even the way the characters are are drawn over time. Uh, is pretty SpongeBob the same way? Yeah, pretty interesting. Like, whoa, look at how it started, pretty basic, and then it it builds and builds and builds. What wasn't The Simpsons launched on the Tracy Ullman show, right? They were like a little a brief spot on that show. I have no so idea. You, you could go all the way back. I think that's where they first made an appearance. Hold on, I'm already on the Wikipedia page because okay. I wanted to know. Well, right. regardless, like you go back, like, man, that's the characters sound a little bit different, and they yes, they transformed over time. I think you may have actually had the silver bullet to the office with The Simpsons because my, my son started watching it recently, and, and some of it's over their head, but I'm like, whoa. Then you have the mysterious part of, is this guy really a time traveler? Because he's, <laughs> Oh, the writer? Yeah, he's predicting a lot of stuff here, it seems. So you're yeah. watching for... You could go back through the catalog, you could watch it for a few different reasons. So when you go back through your second year of watching it, you're like, how many things did he predict? Right. You know, I don't know. I, th I think maybe you win with The Simpsons. It's just a safer one, too, because, like, I could pick something like Family Guy or something like that. One, obviously not near as much content, but I don't know. It's just not to get all uh, conservative on us, but it's not nearly as raunchy. So, like, yeah. I, like, I can handle it, but it burns me out way quicker than just, like, The Office where it's just mindless comedy yeah. for sake of being funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even just to hear the jokes of when uh, Bart Prank calls the bar, I mean, like when yes. one of those shows up, you're like, when to my sales? I can make it a few more episodes, <laughs> yeah. right? And and what more iconic character than Mr. Burns? True. I mean, let's, he just defines. So if you were a time traveler, the one thing you would do is go back in time and start a cartoon TV show. 
it just, I feel like it is so, that's even funny. <laughs> the fact that he was like, what do I do with all that's this how, information? It's how genius he is. Do I get rich? Uh, do I invest in Amazon? No. I'm going to make a cartoon show <laughs> and launch it on a, on a British woman. I mean, it's just so funny. All these uh, conspiracy theories about people time traveling and cell phones showing up in pictures that are too old for it. And this guy decides to do a cartoon show, you know, just pretty incredible. In fact, if, if people are intrigued by this, you need to go to YouTube and you need to see the people do the voices of the Simpsons characters in interviews. It is awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seeing their faces. Yes. On the Seeing voice. their faces with the voice yeah. and then listen to the guys talk about how they developed like how many different other famous people are actually in Homer's voice. Mm -hmm. it, it's pretty fascinating. These voice actors are are very underappreciated. Yeah, I agree with that. So anyway, yeah. Okay, you went with The Simpsons. Thanks. But if I accidentally uh, packed the wrong thing and it was The Office for my trip into the future, I'd be okay I with that. I could do it. it Classic just... Ben, lean on somebody else's. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I was going to go incredibly wrong. I mean, I would be with drama. I'm thankful to have a community that influenced me as the average of you two guys. Let Meredith and I show you the example of what it means to pull each other forward. True teamwork. Yeah. yeah. Look, I love Game of Thrones, but if you watch that for the rest of your life, that would be incredibly depressing. <laughs> now, I've yeah. seen it three times already. You don't want to be those guys. Plus shows like that, they count on twists too much. Like, if watching it coming... Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. Just, well, there's, I mean, twists and there's tons of character development. The dialogue is great. It's awesome. But I mean, like, you don't want to watch somebody's head getting crushed in and over and over and over for all eternity. Yeah. yeah that's what YouTube's for. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather laugh. All right. This feels a little bit close to our, our recommends that we need to end with here. Yeah. I got a book mm. real quick. It's called The Great Influenza. Uh, it's about the pandemic of uh, 19. A little uh, on the nose, don't you think? The Spanish Connor? flu? Is that what you're talking about? No, it started in America. No, I know, but it... <laughs> that, <laughs> 1918. That's it? Okay. Yeah, uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, There's it, a whole backstory to that. Deadliest influenza in U.S. history. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about it. You go read it and draw your own conclusions compared to this year. That's a, that's all I have to say about that. Ooh, man. You're talking I, about the one that started in Kansas, though, right? Yes. That they named the Spanish flu. Did they name it the Spanish flu? Yeah, to throw off blame of America. Okay. Wait a minute. We don't do that. Uh, what? <laughs> Wait, what's the name of the book? I might actually purchase the great, this one. great influenza. The mm. great influenza. That sounds pretty serious. Here's what I'm going to recommend. <laughs> the um, office. Yeah, I've got a teenager in my home, and one of the joys of fatherhood is introducing them to things that happened before their lifetime. Uh, not just fashion, because the '90s are back, as we've already discussed. Indeed. Not with Owen, though. <laughs> no, I'm talking. That guy's it marches to his own drummer. Good for him. No doubt about it. Um, so. I've introduced them to Jack Sparrow, which I don't know how they missed Jack Sparrow, but they just did. What these, year were they born? These things happen um, uh, 13 and 10 years ago. So, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, it it, it has been available. It's not like yeah. it's been blocked from them or something. But I don't peg you as the guy to just go reach for Pirates of the Caribbean on movie night. No, no, definitely not. Well, the truth is I kind of let them guide. You know, I'm like, hey, what do you mm -hmm. guys want to watch? Because, yeah. uh, you know, as a kid, there's nothing more frustrating than the adult in the room blocking your entertainment. Right. I'll slowly introduce things to them, but it's usually sitcom-based because that was my childhood. Um, like The Wonder Years, they just got finished with that catalog. Um, uh, what's the other one that they watched? Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Anyway, we find ourselves, because we have Disney+, Plus. We find ourselves on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you say it? Caribbean, Caribbean. It's Caribbean if this movie. Uh, yeah, I say it in the title. I'll say Caribbean. It has to be. Yeah, there's just no disputing it. But I'm watching it. They're watching it like completely entertained, the whole yeah. pirate thing. And Who's the, enjoying it more, Owen or Shepard? Oh, they both. I mean, Really? I, oh, yes. Man, yeah, good they, for them. Like, we cannot turn this off. I don't care yeah. if we stay up till 11 and go to school tomorrow. They were just completely captured. But I'm watching it thinking Johnny Depp... This guy unreal. is unreal. I mean, I went and saw Edward Scissorhands in the theater, and it completely creeped me out, as I think it did everybody else. Yeah. But the way that this guy can adopt a character, no matter what it is, not be typecast, except for he's the guy that can do almost anything. Right. I don't know, man. I just have a lot of a lot of respect for that guy as an actor. And it's difficult for me to respect actors just because of all sorts of other things. But this guy, I'm like whoa right 
Yeah, and you don't hear anybody like roasting his English accent, which leads you to believe that it's got to be at least pretty decent. Well, here's the genius. He's doing it drunk. True. You can do so, whatever you want. Yeah, so he's like, that. Was, I just think that was a genius stroke. Now, it was easy as a pirate to be to, to be drunk. Right. But I think that's what makes that work, you know, and he, I just can't imagine what had to happen for him to read that on paper and decide this is how I'm going to be Jack Sparrow. I mean, even just the physical parts uh, of, of how it went, yeah. really, really impressive. So I'm going to recommend, no matter the age, family-friendly, which is pretty cool. There's not a lot of that kind of stuff out there. Uh, the jokes that are not family-friendly, they're going to go way over your kids' heads. Yeah. You know? um, and you can start. Now, I will admit, as it, as it goes on, it starts to get weak. I would uh, say don't venture too far past the third movie. Yeah, past three, I think you're going to be a little bit uh, disappointed. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my recommend, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. How Good recommendation. You? Um, you know what? If we're going in nostalgia, even if it's just extremely recent nostalgia, um, there <laughs> is... A is that a category? We I have guess. nostalgia nostalgia and recent nostalgia. <laughs> Depending on how young your kids are. Um, all right. There there was a show on Disney. I think I discovered and Nickelodeon. It was a joint venture, which Whoa. is surprising to hear about. You would think they would never. Yeah. Um, there's a show called Recess um, that was out in the mid-2000s that uh, y- if you're an adult, you know, over the age of 30, 35, you probably didn't catch it. Uh, but you're, I bet right now you have kids around 10-ish, somewhere in that uh, that range, that age bracket. They deserve to go back and watch Recess. I think it would also be available on Disney+. Plus. Extremely underrated, extremely funny. It's a classic case of shows like that back then. It's, it's a Phineas and Ferb level show where even adults, uh, if they don't take it too seriously, can actually really enjoy watching this show. Man, I'm super intrigued. Right now, Google users, over 90% like the show. It's so good. Six brave fourth graders at Third Street School make their mission to protect the kids on the playground. Despite the rule of King Bob and his (laughs) minions, who enforce his unwritten laws, TJ, Ashley, Vince, Gus, Gretchen, and Mikey, Seek a rational balance between conformity and individuality. It's very good. Man. Very good. Recess. I'm just looking at it, too, and it looks a little bit like a schoolhouse rock animation. Yeah. Which yeah. is awesome. Like, let's just own it, you know. Recess. 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah. Now, if you want your kids, I wouldn't go too far past the middle school uh, bracket just because I don't think they're going to take you seriously. But if you're still the coolest person to your kid right now, <laughs> this is a great place to start. Are there families that happens all the way into middle school? I, I lost know. that about second grade. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, your kids are really smart, though. That's my life, yeah. So, and I'm also 85 at heart, so yeah. it would make sense. <laughs> yeah. All, all right. right, so we've got a pretty intelligent book on the influenza. We've got a pirate movie, and we have a cartoon that isn't The Simpsons. I feel like this is a well-rounded episode. I think so. Maybe we should stop it here. Okay. Silky smooth sounds.